Hello, and welcome to the Cocktails and Conversation podcast. I'm Dana Marie Rockmore, the founder of the Dinner Party Project and co-founder of The Welcome House. I'll be inviting intriguing guests over to my home to chat about some of my favorite things, cocktails, story, the Enneagram, and rest. Hey, friends. Happy summer, um, wherever you are. I am in San Francisco in a place that does not feel like summer. It is freezing here. It's not freezing, but it is very, very <laughs> foggy. Excuse me. And cooled in my book, which is like 50 degrees. However, I am very, 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 very glad to be here. And I am very, very glad that you are listening along. If you are still, thank you a million times over. Um, so I'm very excited about two things today. One is the cocktail I made, um, which is a blood orange shrub, which is not my typical drink, but it's really good. And it's very different in so many ways. Um, you can pick up a shrub mix from so many different places. I was in Monterey, California, and I picked up um, this blood orange shrub concoction from a place called Happy Girl. Um, but there's so many, I'm sure you could probably order it online or just um, different various cocktail, um, like um, like probably even like a Total Wine or ABC, they probably have some, or I feel like at your local farmer's market, you will find somebody who is making a shrub. It can be alcoholic or it can be non-alcoholic. It is just the mixture of, it's kind of like a vinegary, often it's like a fruit, Um uh, like a grapefruit or um, orange or strawberry, basil, or, you know, all the things. So many different flavors, but it's got like a kind of a tartness to it. Uh, I paired it with, uh, I, I did one ounce of the shrub mix and then an ounce and a half of Tito's vodka. I did a good squeeze of like a half a lime and then um, one half ounce of triple sec with tonic. So I just put pour that over um, some big chunks of ice cubes and stirred it all up. Make sure it was nice and kind of blended, but you don't want to shake it in a cocktail shaker. Um, just stirring will do the job. And I garnished it with a lemon, a lime wheel. Um, so good. Very refreshing. Not very sweet at all. Um, but yeah, super good. So that is a cocktail. And my guest today is my dear friend, Summer, who I've known for over 10 years from Orlando, now lives in San Francisco, California, and has kind of grown and evolved in some pretty incredible ways over the years. And we have remained in, in uh, friends, even though she has moved across the country, but uh, she's had a lot of success in um, her passion, which is herbalism and kind of self-taught and then reaching out for more um, knowledge on it and then crafting her own way. She's worked with some national brands across the U.S. She has started, she co-founded um, the Cosmic Kitchen that she was in um, until last year, uh, put a lot of energy and work into that and created a cookbook that is very beautiful. Um, very much about just how herbs and plants can heal our bodies, which is kind of a no-brainer. 
but we should, I should also be more, more knowledgeable, but her book really kind of also gives like a, um, an overview onto, into so many things, uh, regarding herbs and then, uh, just how you can learn how to take care of your own body, which I think we all could use more of. So I hope you will enjoy this drink and I hope you will enjoy my time spent with summer. Cheers. So as you may know or may not know at all, cocktails are kind of my thing. At the end of a long day or any day really, crafting a drink, whether it's simple or more complex, I really look forward to a delicious cocktail. Plus it makes all conversations better. Tito's Handmade Vodka is always a go-to for me. It's the perfect thing to have on hand to make just about any cocktail. That is what I love about Tito's. It's so versatile. Anything from a Moscow mule to an elderflower martini to a white Russian. Plus, Tito's Handmade Vodka has won a million awards, but for real. It's been distilled six times and won the SF World Spirit Championship. So the next time you are looking for an incredibly drinkable cocktail, pick up some Tito's Handmade Vodka. Plus, you should head over to titosvodka.com to read up more about their story and pick up some delightful recipes. Hey, Summer. Hi, Dana. Welcome to the Cocktails and Conversation podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited for this. As am I. I literally drove all the way across the country. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come to you next time. To be in your presence <laughs> and have you share your stories. I'm so excited oh, you're here. it's going to be great. It's going to be so great. Um, so, first of all, cheers. Cheers. I'm so excited to drink this. We do have a ginormous cocktail in hand. <sighs> a goblet. A goblet, really. Get it in there. Get that drink in there. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yum. Mm-hmm. Little uh, ASMR. Can you hear that? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> ASMR freaks me out. I'm I equally freaked out as I am curious and intrigued every time. Yeah. Okay. Which yeah. kind of surprises me because I was always the kind of person that I'm not annoyed by much, but if you ate a chip in a classroom, I was like, please stop. Okay. So it's surprising yes. to me as well that I like ASMR. It's true. That's <laughs> all. Sometimes it's like nails on a chalkboard yes, for me. A little mm -hmm. too much. A little too crinkle little crinkle. too. Well, you might hear the drink that we're drinking because I made a blood orange shrub with this shrub mix that I got in Monterey from a shop that... Reese Witherspoon went to and she was there for Big Little Lies. I love Reese. I know. And I love Blood Orange. I, all right. Yeah. So that plus Tito's vodka. Yum. And then um, fresh squeezed lime juice. Yes. And then triple sec, which is more orange flavored. Ooh, that's what that is. Yeah. It's orange on orange. And then Fever Tree Tonic Water. And you're by Marigold right now. So it's like an <clears throat> orange moment. Is, I mean, my dress yeah. is on the You're burnt. sitting on orange? I'm sitting on an orange pillow. <laughs> really having wow. an orange moment. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> having an orange moment right now. <laughs> my face is probably turning orange. No. No. It's all good. Um, well, as you know, one of my favorite things is cocktails. And we've been having a couple of good Good ones since yeah. I've been here. The elderflower one was I know. next level. Elderflower martini. I did not know. 
Now you know. Yeah. You literally need three things. <sighs> Do you know what they are? Okay. It's vodka. Yep. And then it's elderflower Tito's. liqueur. Yep. And then it is uh, lemon. That's it. And then you just shake it over ice and you pour it in a chilled glass. Hey, girl. All right. <laughs> Open it up shop. <laughs> I'm teaching my fellow friends well. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. What would be your A go-to drink for summer? Oh, lately, I can't really speak on it, but I love natural wines. Okay. That's like my big thing. There's actually, I moved um, from Oakland to the Outer Richmond, which is nearby the Outer Sunset, which we walked to the other night. Had a beautiful walk. Literally gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's actually three places over there that I've discovered recently um, that do natural wines. And <clears throat> one is the cooperative um, grocery store, Other Avenues, has like, you could just kind of go in there blindfolded in the wine section and pick anything out. And it would be amazing. Okay. So that's kind of what so I love. So you are an equal opportunity wine drinker. Yeah. I mean, there. Yes. There. <laughs> Other aisles, not so much, but I've never, they've never done me wrong. Okay. So that's like one spot. But as far as cocktails go, um, um, I loved in Oakland, um, oh gosh, I can't think of the name of it, but there's a newer bar that I really enjoyed that I went to recently. It was Friends and Family Bar. Not, and I just love the name. Is it the called vibe. Friends and Family? Yeah. Friends and Family Bar. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, it's already... It's one sounding step. great, yes. right? Yeah. So that's a cool <clears throat> new spot. And then um, I'm trying to think of where else. Um, also, not necessarily a cocktail place, but um, there's a spot over in Bodega proper in Sonoma County because, you know, I used to live there, too. Mm -hmm. She's a Bay Area. <laughs> she's, been, she's been around. <laughs> she's popped around. She's popped around yes. in the Bay. Um, and there's this place there where they have, you know, just beer and some local wines and the drink section is okay. But you, when you pair a drink with oysters fresh, it's amazing. Uh -huh. So that would be kind of my spot that I would go to drink because they would grill okay. oysters and they would have rotating chefs and menus there. And it was kind of just like a neighborhood bar, neighborhood pool table with friends and family. Oh, different one. Oh, that different one's in one. bodega, but so like we got three. I'm covering the whole bay give here me, with my answers. Yeah, give me your hot spot. So you've given me two uh, or three already? Yeah. So other avenues is my San Francisco spot at the okay. grocery store. Right. So I'm just picking weird answers. I love this why I'm here. Also, yes. Woods Tavern is a good one over there too. And I would also suggest Palm City, which I went to the other night. Okay. Which apparently has really good hoagies. They looked really good. So there's I'm that. Always down for a hoagie. Yeah, we could do that too. Yeah. And um, in Oakland, uh -huh. yeah, there's the friends and family. So if you're in Oakland, you can go there. Okay. And then if you're in Bodega in Sonoma County, you can go to the casino, which is what I was talking about. That little, you know, local bar that has the rotating chef. So got it. Basically, we just created a Bay Area city guide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look for it coming out 2021 20, yeah. December. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. And then any hot spots for cocktails, like especially. Okay. Another one that Maybe is, okay. There's this place in San Francisco where 
It's called Martunis, and they do martinis. Oh, come on. And they have a piano bar. And I'm saying, oh, and, yes. yes. And so they make great martinis. Okay. And then there's always people that are like incredible singers. It's like nobody's like missing a note there. Right. It's no karaoke night. I mean, I think you can sign up to sing, but. <laughs> I was a little intimidated. Not this girl. I was impressed. Yeah, Unless I'm let like the professionals real, do their thing. Real karaoke <laughs> yeah. where everyone sounds like garbage. Yeah. That's my so, kind of karaoke. Martunis would be a suggestion. Another uh, cocktail place, I just remembered the name in Oakland. Uh, it's called Blind Tiger. And that place okay. is really good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So many great. I mean, San Francisco's got... Oh, I eat too well. You eat too well. Yeah. It's a city really where you can eat too well. Totally. Like today, I just went ham at Tartine. Yeah. Tartin, tartin it up. Tartine Ooh. is amazing. It's like... Yeah. The creme de la creme, I feel like, of all the ba- all baked things and get in my... Body, please. It is up there for me. Yeah. I will say if Have you, you been to the restaurant one? Yes. I've okay. been to yeah. That's the one I went today. I love that one. <sighs> and it's also next to Heath Ceramics, which I don't know if you had a chance to pop into. I don't think so. It's pretty amazing. Like they do all the pottery, I think, right here in the San Francisco Bay Area. And it's um like been around since the seventies and it's just like super artisanal and well-made pottery. Okay. So you can buy these like sets and anyways, it's like very, really nice. You're really nice. Like, so I kind of like to go in there and just like Hook be around. enamored. I don't buy anything usually, but <laughs> <laughs> get a croissant and just That's look mostly, at nice stuff. <laughs> sure. It's mostly shopping is yeah. wandering around yes. admiring things. Totally. Sure. Okay, so we will circle back to cocktails before we move on. But do you, are you at all a home bartender? Do you ever like a, like an evening drink that you're just like, I just would like to like finish my day off with a nice cocktail? Yeah, you know, I, I'm trying to think of, I like to make anything with Campari or Aperol. Like, you're an Italian drinks girl. Yeah, I am. Negronis? Yeah, love them. Yes. Obsessed. Obsessed. Um... Can't I haven't grown tired. It's like I discovered it and then I just never stopped. I discovered, I think, early quarantine. Like yeah. Would, like a Negroni was never a go-to for me. And then somehow I got turned on to it and I couldn't stop making them. Yeah. I mean, they're amazing. And then the other thing that I always love to make is a, a margarita. And I just feel like there's so many great ways to do that. Like mm. with tequila or mezcal or like you know you can use hibiscus or you can you know make it you know the traditional way and so i feel like there's a lot of options lot of there options spicy there. jalapeno mm-hmm. so i really like a good margarita but honestly i grew up going to the columbia restaurant which i did make you the 1905 salad the other day mm-hmm. my family's like a huge columbia restaurant fan um and so I really just have always loved making sangrias, which is not a cocktail, but again, yeah. sister. Sure. Yeah. It's your drink. Yeah. That's totally cool. That feels like yum to me. Yeah. Like really grounding. Yeah. I am so glad that you've, yeah, that you enjoy it. Yes. As long as people enjoy it, like do your yeah. thing. I wish that I enjoyed it. 
Sangria yeah. just seems very like European and Spanish and Yeah, your cocktail game is great though. Thanks. So it's just like doesn't even matter. That's where I stay in my lane. I stay yes. doing that. And then I'm glad when people love whatever they love. Yes. Yes. Better together. Better. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well thank you for sharing yeah. all your spots for Whenever, whoever's in the Bay Area. Yeah. So much to choose from. I know. I got more, too. There's too much. I got more. It'll be in your travel guide. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bay Area travels by summer. Yes. And Dana. <laughs> yeah. Mostly summer. You know what? I like that. Mostly summer. <laughs> I'll add drinks that you should uh, um, experience along the way. Yeah, from your trip. Right. You probably have a lot now. I've had a lot of great places that I've gone to. Yeah. And then... I've had an opportunity to make a lot of great drinks for a lot of superb friends. Yes. I know. So. The perk. Name of my game. Yes. Right? <laughs> um, so, we never get to, I don't think, personally, everyone can choose whatever, but we don't really choose where we're placed in the universe. I think that we are set. We don't choose our family of origin or our DNA or where we're our socioeconomic status, we are put into the universe and like everyone else, we're trying to figure it out yeah. <laughs> from there. Yeah. Um, but I would love to know kind of like what was summer's like early years, like what was like growing up with your family of origin and do you have siblings? Like what was like kind of like birth to like 10 like my how, gosh I know <laughs> how we have I mean in a somewhat succinct <laughs> cliff notes no right <laughs> yeah I mean this, this is a great question um I think it's been something I've been thinking a lot over the years I feel like you know when you're in your teenage years you're just trying to figure out what you like and, you know, what you want to do when you grow up and there's so much pressure. And then I feel like in your twenties, you're, you know, living it up a little bit. And then uh -huh. I feel like my thirties that I've recently entered into more recently, <laughs> I guess we're already two years in, but, um, I find myself very reflective of those, that age range. So it's like so formative years. Yeah. I think when you start to, you know, inspect a, more and more like your patterns and why you are the way that you are, like both good, bad in between, like it's everything's spectrum. You're like, okay, what <laughs> happened here? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I'll, I'm trying to think of where to start. I mean, I think the biggest thing that I've been reflecting on is that, um, I feel really blessed that, you know, I felt really loved by my parents. So there was a lot of things that, you know, challenges and hardships and things like this. And I just, I keep coming back to like, I'm so grateful that that was like a grounding cord. And, you know, I just think whether, you know, having people grounded in your life, you know, whether that be, cause it's different for everybody, right? Like whether that be your parents or your friend groups or, you know, your community or uh, what have you, it's like making sure to have those grounding cords in your life. I feel like is a, I don't know, just like a really lucky thing to have and, and nurture and stable, so, stable love. Yeah. Yeah. It's irreplaceable. Irreplaceable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, my childhood was really, um, pretty magical at the, at the beginning. Um, 
years. And I just remember being outside all the time and being in the sun and, you know, um, always being in the water and running around. Um, I started swimming and running at a really early age. My dad was a um, triathlete. So he just mm-hmm. kind of threw me into swim before I think it was even you know, a thing, you know, now you see babies just being like tossed in the water and floating yeah. around on Instagram. That's basically me, <laughs> but people thought he was insane. I mean, I think people already right. think that's wild. I think it's good for kids to learn at an early age, especially in Florida, but, sure. but yeah, so I was definitely just like a wild child. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, those were some pretty amazing formative years. My, my, my family went through some financial hardship, Um, and I think that really shaped me in a way. Um, I think I'm still kind of seeing what that means to me. Um, and that was something they on and off struggle with their whole life, but they always, I always, you know, felt supported, but I think when those things happen, they can really leave a dent on you. Hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I, I think those years were good. I was always really artistic. I remember that, like, you know, I would always paint things and, um, I don't know, make music and dance and all of that. I think my harder years came around middle school. So like one through 10, I felt like it was just like really magical memories. And, um, did you have any siblings? Yeah. So my sisters are, actually 16 and 15 years older than me. So they're my half sisters. Right. Technically, but, um, we were raised together. And so it was really, I think that was part of the joy part, part of the joy as well was like, um, they had all their teenage friends around. So I had a really big support system. Yeah. So I always had like teenagers watching me and playing with me and like, playing great music and dancing. Like there's a lot of energy, mm-hmm. you know, having teenagers around you in those years. And so fun. Yeah. So it was really special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And those were pretty like easy dynamics with the siblings, even with the <sighs> blended family. Yeah. I think for me, yeah. I they My sisters have always been um, super loving and supportive of me. I think you know, more for my parents <laughs> where all children are a handful, but I think yeah. I was too young to really feel the responsibility of, you know, children growing up and becoming adults and mm. going to college, going out, partying or doing whatever you do at those ages, you know, or you're testing your boundaries. Um, I think I always just thought it was, I thought it was really fun to have them around. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. So that was really amazing. Yeah. I think I'm trying to think. Yeah. I went through some transitions. I was like in a private Catholic school. I went from Montessori school, which I think is really fascinating Mm -hmm. um, for like pre-K and kindergarten, I think. And then I went to Catholic school um, for most of elementary school. And then I switched to public school. So that was like an interesting, all of those were kind of interesting transitions as well. And so I feel like um, definitely, even though 
Um, I didn't go to Catholic school through high school. I have a lot of that influence of Catholicism, which has been really interesting. Uh-huh, like sure. when you get older, you're like, kind of unwire like, for me. I need to unwire. Right. Hold the bus. Yes. Hold the phone. Yeah. It's right. a lot of, you Back know, guilt bus. that is misplaced. Uh-huh. So I right. think that was something. I was always really spiritual though. Like even from like a really young age, like really. Yeah. I think like my grandma instilled that in me Mm. and um but yeah I really I remember at a young age always grappling with like um the rigor of the organized religion especially within Catholicism so yeah it led me to a lot of questions at an early age yeah yeah at at those early age you're starting to be like how does how does this all add up yeah sure yeah yeah, For sure. So who was summer like in middle school? Like how, how were you yeah. like forming your personality and person and relationship with your parents? And yeah, that was, that was a hard time. That was my, I feel like, you know, it was like kind of the arc of a movie, you know, where it's like the beginning is like, woohoo. And then the middle is like, Oh, good. <laughs> and then you're like back on the ride. Sure. High school. Um, but middle school was really challenging. Um, that was of course, or for me when I went through puberty and I like ga- gained, I, this happens to a lot of folks before, um, they get their menstrual cycles where you gain a lot of weight before, um, or at least that's what happened for me. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, a lot of people commenting on my weight and my body. That's when I started to get a big butt, you know, which at that time was like, I don't know. I mean, I guess now too, it's just something people comment on. Uh And I remember I had never had an insecurity about my body Mm. until I was in middle school. And, um, Judy, what'd you say? Big booty Judy. Yes. (laughs) Don't know her, but I bet I can relate. It's just like a, it's like a, a term or something. Oh, okay. Like okay. when somebody has a big butt. I didn't butt. get that one. But. <laughs> if somebody has a big butt, you're like, ooh, big yes. butt. Yes. <laughs> first day ever. Yeah. <laughs> Learned that. Um, yeah. So I think that was hard. And my parents at the time had gotten into dieting. So I started dieting at a young age. Oof. Yeah. Sure. And that was really hard. I think that's something I struggle. Like I, I feel like I have a lot of body positivity now for myself. Um, but I still struggle with that. Like I can feel the little thoughts come in, you know, and then you're just like, okay, you know, were they encouraging that? Um, versus like just being healthy body. That's a good question. I would say my dad was obsessed with working out. Mm-hmm. Obsessed. Um, so for him, whether for better or worse, it came from a suggestion of, you know, working out all the time. Um, but then he would comment on other people's weight, which I think is something I really had to, mm. like, I never took it that on. I actually really was very upset by it my entire life. So I feel like that's like definitely a core pillar of me. I really do not like when people comment on other people's bodies or, you know what I mean? In like a way of, you know, shame and, Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I think that's something that I definitely struggled with, but never towards me. But I think you, 
you know, if somebody's acting like that around you, you internalize that. Yeah. Whether it's directed towards you or not. Especially at such a young age. Yeah. Like, you're learning, like, what his outlook on life is. Yeah. Right. So, even if it's not towards you, you can kind of pick, pick up that it. up. Right. right. Um, and then my mom, you know, she, um, yeah, she was always very sweet. Um, I think she just was like, if you want to diet, you can diet with us too, (laughs) you know, but like, um, I don't know. I don't think there was a good strategy there. Right. Yeah. Sure. So did that manifest in like, like going more like internal inward, like acting out? Did you like school? Did you not like school? Well, I didn't know anyone when I got there because I had mostly gone to other schools in other districts. So, so still, like starting sixth grade. Yeah, I was starting and I was like awkward. I had mostly, you know, I went to like a public school for like the last year of elementary school in a different district. So then by the time I got there, like, I don't think I was still quite used to picking out my own clothes, like after living in a uniform for so many years. Oh, right. Um, I, you know, didn't have a sense of style. My body was doing awkward things. Yeah. Like, I didn't know anybody. It was just weird. Awful. It was just awkward, you know? Middle school is the worst. And then the clothes of that era were not <laughs> helpful <laughs> either. It's like low, it was probably like the beginning of low rise jeans and like tight oh, tops. Right. And, like, 90s um like late early 90s? 2000 or early 2000s yeah 1999 2000 I uh, I can't do math right now but that yeah. era yeah okay around then right so yeah the it wasn't doing me any favors <laughs> the, the clothes of the era either so you had a lot going on yeah and years. yeah and then um yeah and then yeah, so it was just kind of like that. And then I started dieting. And then I also went through puberty. So I lost a lot of weight. So then I went from being the person whose body was commented on and didn't have a lot of friends to all of a sudden my body changing and more people wanting to hang out with me are giving looking at me in a positive light. And so the juxtaposition was really hard for me to understand and to really trust. Sure. You know? Uh-huh. So that was a challenging thing. Sure. Yeah. So I did not love middle school. Fair enough. But I think a lot of people don't. It's a very awkward time to be a human. Yeah. Yeah. Except for 2018, seventh grade was like the worst year of my life to date. It was yeah. just terrible. Seventh grade. Seventh grade, especially. Yeah. Seventh grade, I think, was my bottom as well. It was the worst. Yeah. Yeah. What happened to you? Oh, I mean, long story short, but no, I mean, just kind of some of the same, same things. Yeah. Like my body's changing. There's so many things. I'm you not- change friend groups generally, I find, even with my... Well, that year I was like, not a, like kind of against my wishes, but like my parents homeschooled me mm-hmm. in seventh grade. And so I wanted to be in school and then I, I was at home and I was just like miserable. Yeah. And then my, yeah, your body's changing. And then your friends are all, my friends were still in school. And then I was at home and then my mom was sick. And then we had four boys at home and it was just a stressful time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really wild time. Mm -hmm. I think you're just learning your boundaries in a big way too. And so much is happening. So much. Mentally, physically. Yeah. Do not wish middle school on on anyone. (laughs) 
<laughs> if I could just yes. skip over middle school. Yeah. I would have gladly done that. Yeah. And I loved high school. Tell me about high school. I just feel like in high school, it was like, I got to kind of start fresh because yes, there was a bunch of people from middle school that I was friends with. And I did have great friends from middle school um, that I made. And uh, yeah, I mean, everybody's all, you know, coming from different schools. So you're all just like, you know, recalibrating together. Mm-hmm. And I really just felt like I just found my people, like people that I'm friends with to this day, like just really, you know, artsy and like thought provoking and, you know, like musicians. And I just felt like I just met so many people that were, I don't know, trying to discover themselves and like live in their gifts. And I just feel really blessed to have met those humans that I'm like still in contact with now, Mm -hmm. which I think is like kind of rare. So it's kind of like I had this like really awkward time and then I just feel like it really blossomed. Flourish. Yeah. Yes. In high school. Yeah. Summer came alive. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it was, I definitely had hard times, but you sure. What things were you like peaking your interest in high school? Were you into sports and arts? It's really into chorus. Chorus. (laughs) Fair enough. Shout out to my friend, Sarah, who we sung bosom buddies together. This Broadway song, which we still laugh about to this day. Yeah. I was really into chorus. Um, I was also outside of school, part of this professional entertainment group for most, like a little bit, which I probably should have mentioned before. But that was a big part of my life. Um, you had to audition to get in and it was like a singing and dancing performance group. Okay. And I was in that from like the last year of elementary school through high school. Oh my and gosh. And perform all over the state, all over the country. Whoa. Um, so it was like a job my entire life. So that's why I like love dancing and all of that stuff. I, right. Yeah. Cause I grew up doing it. So I kind of, after my childhood retired, <laughs> it's a short career. <laughs> and you felt like that was something that you willingly like wanted to be a part of, or was it like you felt like you had to perform? I, really wanted to do it. Okay. My parents and I would check in every year if I still wanted to do it. Um, I think, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about if I should have stayed in for that long because it, it was a lot of responsibility at a young age, Mm -hmm. but I'm really grateful because I also feel like it's given me a lot of tools in life, um, that maybe I wouldn't have had otherwise or taken long to taken longer to cultivate. Right. Um, but Yeah, no, I definitely feel like I wanted to be a part of it. I think a lot of it was too, is that some of my oldest friends were in there. So it was like, I don't want to not do it the next year, even if it's stressful because all my buds are in here. Yeah. So that's, and those are some of my close friends to this day too. So, and they're all doing rad stuff. Like, yeah, making music videos and on Broadway and yeah, all this stuff. So it's like really cool to see people out there doing their thing that they've worked so hard their entire lives for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's really special. Um, But I don't know if I would want my kid to do it. (laughs) I'll say that. Okay. Because it's just a lot for your kid to be working at that young of an age. And and it wasn't like a full-time gig or anything like kids that are in LA or, but you know, a a lot of weekends, a lot of weeknights. But on top of going to school. On top of going to school. Right. And it's, it gets you, it gives you kind of a lot of, um, 
you know, and I think I was kind of born like that. Like I like to challenge myself. Like mm-hmm. that's definitely a little bit of just who I am. Um, but I think it's kind of been something I've had to undo because I, I'm not very easy to turn off. Cause it's kind of like I was raised just, keep, you know, keep going, keep going, audition right. for the next part, go to the next show. Like, Wow. Do the best you can. It's on your you know? dad was very active and like very driven. Yeah. In that way. Very driven. So maybe not a lot of like, like downtime, easy. Yeah. Like, not. So know. I'm resting now. <laughs> in my 30s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I did so much through my childhood and in my 20s that. Right. I've been kind of laughing about it now. I'm like, I've done enough for this life. If I. <laughs> I mean, I'm still doing stuff. You know that about me, but I'm right. definitely not feeling the pressure as much. I've mm. re- I've needed, I've had to release that and um, it's been serving me a lot more. Mm. And then how did that translate as you transitioned to the University of Central Florida? Oh my gosh, UCF. UCF. Um, yeah, so I think at first when I came to UCF, I was thinking about doing some extracurriculars in their performing arts. And I just never ended up showing up for the auditions. And I think, you know, a couple of years into the university, I was like, Oh, I should have done that. And then now I kind of think about it. I'm like, no, I, I really love now, like the joy of going to like a dance class and not having to like audition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I cannot tell you how much joy that gives me. Like dancing is my most favorite thing. Um, but to not have to do it, to the be like graded is like, Excellent. Sure. Yeah. It brings me so much joy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad I didn't do that. And instead I kind of did a whole, yeah, my first year, I just, I think I just partied it was a little too much, but I think I just was a little lost because my identity was like changing. Right. Like I, and you're dropped into this now massive sea of people. Massive. Massive. Don't know anybody. You don't have like a little small pond to swim in. You're now in no. like this. Big, one of the biggest schools at that time in the U S still is. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. Bigger. So yeah, I was, I was pretty lost. Um, and then, yeah, I think I've mentioned to you before that I, I have, I've had IBS since I was about 15. Um, and it got really bad in college. I think between the drinking and eating different things, you know, you don't really have a kitchen in your dorm room, like all of that stuff, the mm-hmm. stress, everything. And it got really bad. I knew where like every bathroom on the university campus uh-huh. is. I could probably draw a map. <laughs> Still <to this day. laughs> It was thing. bad. And so... Yeah, I just was really having a lot of health issues and at the same time really awakening to environmental issues. And mm-hmm. I, and um, so I decided to pick uh, my major in interdisciplinary studies and part of that was environmental studies. And um, I met some amazing humans in this leadership group that we were part of that started a community garden on campus. And it was there that I learned about plants and herbalism and um, really got into that, you know, at a pretty, at that time, early age and um, just realized that it was going to help with a lot of my health issues. Um, I had digestive issues and then um, I went off birth control in college, which I got on pretty, at a pretty early age because I had bad, um, a, a painful cycle which is what they used to do and probably still do is like put people on birth control and they have a painful cycle. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, PSA, <laughs> you don't have to do that. Right. You know, you can, cause I know for some people it works, but I decided that I didn't want to do it anymore. Um, and I lost my period for about eight months. Um, I went to all these doctors and I think now it's different, but nobody had anything really to offer me other than going back on the pill. Right. And so between my digestive issues and, and my menstrual cycle issues, like I just really didn't have any other tools. And so I was just looking around, looking for different options. And, um, the garden that I was growing food at was had, you know, herbs growing there too. And, and that's how I got into herbalism. And yeah, I, I started working with this plant Vitex or chase tree berry. And like within a month of taking it, my period came back and I was like, this Whoa. is like magic. Right. Yeah. Plant magic. Yeah. Yeah. So that's your next, that book. was it for me. Right. It was just like signing me up. It's amazing. Yeah. So that is around the time that I met you. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So long my, time. My more grounded era. I know. Yeah. So it's probably been almost 10 years. It's been 10 years. Like, definitely right? 10 years. Ten. Maybe more. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Long time. A decade. I know. Wow. I know. We're celebrating. Here we now. are. Cheers. Cheers. Woo. <laughs> 10 years plus. I mean, yeah, I think I met you initially through the Audubon market like era. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Was I selling? I'm trying, I'm trying to think of how we met initially. I think we had a garden stand at the Audubon market. Like we were okay. selling stuff from the community garden at the university. Okay. Yeah, in my mind, that's where we and just I had a connected. lot of friends that sold there and stuff too. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, but definitely, I think that's how mm-hmm. we met too. Your repeat customer, yes, at OPP. So I'm like, do you want to trade an onion <laughs> for some vintage denim? <laughs> I learned very quickly how much vintage denim you have to sell. <laughs> To keep yourself afloat. And yeah. I was like, oh, man. Yeah, you're the best stuff. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. But it takes a lot. You got to be. I yeah. mean, we were, we were doing okay for a while. We were at the very beginning of Etsy. But, man, it was just so much work. I know. And now there's so much. Yeah. And then we just got, it just got saturated that we were like, I can't. And it's wild how expensive vintages now uh-huh. it's a huge industry it is a huge industry yeah it like I I don't know how you feel about it but it I don't know I've been kind of thinking about it in my own head and haven't vocalized it but it just seems like something that I feel like back then we thought oh this is a solution and now I'm just like I don't but then it's not accessible it's, yeah exactly I'm like it's just feels like I don't know uh-huh. the, the capitalism stamp has been stamped yet again where do we not put that yeah <laughs> where do we not like damn I, I thought know. this was gonna work out for us I mean in a way it still can it can if for you're sure. passionate about it you really can find things if you hunt yeah I per- I like I just always like the hunt I never yeah. like selling things I never want to make somebody feel like they have to have another thing or like they have to buy something it was just like oh I love I love the hunt and then I love finding pieces that are special that people like remember time like one time you you came over and you bought like a red polka dotted dress. I missed that dress with the white polka dots. And I was like, I love this moment. Like this is something that's like special yeah. to somebody. 
and we're going to tailor it to like make it perfect yeah and how like beautiful and it's not brand new and yeah those those are the moments that I love but I've never I've just never been like I'm not a salesperson at heart you know yeah, what I mean totally Which I mean it's a lot now too because I used business. yeah I mean, you used to be able to go, you know, find vintage, not easily, but like, you know, somewhat, at least here. I mean, I definitely buy a lot of vintage still, but I, it's hard for me to go find I mean, also who knows, maybe I'm just not spending as much time. I feel like in my early twenties, I'd be like, yeah, you could just pop by. Yeah. You pop by. You have more time, right. you know? So, who and knows? it's like finding, I guess, good thrift stores. That yeah, you feel like uh, anyway. I had my favorites around town. Yeah, I mean, Florida's especially good. Oh yeah, it's like the jackpot of I feel like thrifting. Yes. The best. It's the best. Yeah, we've got lots of people, lots of older people. Of stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so they're chopping off like really fun old pieces. Yes, for us to enjoy and give a second life to. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Um, so now we're in the adult years of your life and you're getting to form like who you are and who you yeah. want to be and what you want to move towards. Um, can you share kind of like what brought you out to California, what you had started in Orlando and how that evolved Yeah, until recently and the book and mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was into community gardening really heavily in Orlando. I definitely was a passionate gardener, um, around town. And, um, there's so many great organizations in Orlando, um, that, you know, like the seed swaps and I don't think it's still around, but the simple living Institute. And, mm -hmm. um, I think there's now a lot of permaculture groups, which are really wonderful. Um, and yeah, I think I just, really fell into that, especially with my friends that we started the community garden all together. Like we all just wanted to continue that on. So we continued to do that a little bit after college and a few of my friends, we started the cosmic kitchen. Um, and Yay. we had this amazing house on Morris, mm -hmm. um, the where Morris we, house, the Morris house yeah. where we were, um, Sarah Ray and I would do all these community dinners and skill shares and classes and, it was just a really special magic time mm -hmm. of my life. And I think for many of us, it was like a really magic time. And um, yeah, I think I became uh, involved with um, the Florida School of Holistic Living, which I love and they teach herbalism. And once I went through their programs, I was kind of like, okay, how can I learn more about herbalism? And I realized that a lot of the more intensive schools were out of state. And so um, that's what led me to California, um, was studying herbalism more deeply. So I moved to the California School of Herbal Studies. Um, I saved up my money from waitressing <laughs> and moved to a yurt. <laughs> it was about so all I could summer. afford. <laughs> very summer. Yes. Yes. Um, did not know how to start a fire. Mm -hmm. I thought I learned. And then once I was left alone to my own devices, I was just crying my <laughs> second night there trying to light it. Uh -huh. <laughs> no reception. 
Yeah, so it was definitely a big shift. I think I underestimated it. Mm -hmm. I was glad I did it at that age because I think... You're just thrown kind of in the deep end. Yeah, I think I was a little bit arrogant in my choice, if that meant... Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, this is going to be great. It's going to be... I'm glad I was that way because I feel like now wisdom gives you a lot of uh, caution sometimes. (laughs) I don't feel like it's very easy to move for me now. I'm Uh like... Oh, that's a lot. I know it goes into that. So I'm glad I did it. Um, But it was wild. It was like a canvas. You're in the middle of the woods in Sonoma County. And um, yeah, like it's like it's cold. Yeah. I'd have to walk to the kitchen um, a little ways and to the bathroom and to the shower. So I would like pee outside every night. And Mm -hmm. um, there was... uh, there was like a hose, but not really like running water. So it was just like, yeah, there was no heat other than the fire. So I'd have to buy firewood and light a fire every night. And it would go out at 3 a.m. every morning. So I'd either have to put another fire on or just Oof. be like, I'm good. Very cold. Yeah. Right. So get some wool blankets. For a Florida girl, that was a rude awakening. Right. <laughs> I would not be able to sustain that personally, but... Yeah. Yeah. It was. You made it happen. Yeah. I, it was a good experience to have. I think walking away from that, I don't know if I wish a year on everybody, but I'm like, I think it'd be good if more people went through that because it's like, oh, you learn how much you can do, you know, Mm -hmm. like when put in those situations, even though it's really hard. What if you were to find a frozen Dana on the side of the road? (laughs) (laughs) It's not that cold in California. Right. It's just be very uncomfortable. Just, to me, I'm like, I yeah. don't even know. <laughs> so crazy. Yeah. So how did you continue the Cosmic Kitchen? Yeah. So Sarah was traveling around um, for a couple years, and then she eventually landed in Sonoma County where I was living. And we continued on for many years um and she still has the business Mm -hmm. and it's doing wonderfully yeah and um we made it we made our first zine together um shortly after she moved to california um and it was called be radical eat traditional and it was all about herbal foods um and then we did an official cookbook um last year Mm uh-huh And that was amazing. It like kind of culminated all of our blog and Instagram recipes that we've made over the years Mm -hmm. and the things that we love and our methodology, um, which really includes a lot of energetic theory and herbal nuggets and like how to source your herbs. It's kind of like the beginner's guide that I wish that I had had, you know, when I was first starting out. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's the idea is it kind of gives you a, a roadmap because I found now it's a lot different, but I found when I was younger and just getting into it, like if you wanted to learn about um, specific things within the plant world, it's like every single book was kind of separate. Um so I think at least on the food side of things, we were trying to weave it into the basics of, you know, everything and in one. Got it. So you could kind of comprehensive see, guide. Yeah. So yeah. you can create create a system. Like, so it's like, okay, like, you know, you probably make a dip a lot. If you cook, you probably make a dressing a lot. If you cook, 
Um, you probably make soups and stews and broths. Um, so just showing you how to infuse herbalism into that to mm-hmm. make it easier for you on an everyday level, mm-hmm. because I think it's funny that that seems novel because actually in all traditional cultures, that's not novel at all. That's what you do with the seasons change. And when plants come up, you're just like, I mean, even in a cocktail, you'd be like, there's some mint. Like, let's just seasonal. Let's seasonal just put this in here. Like cooling. Mm-hmm. That's probably what we need right now. Like for this hot, hot summer hot moment. I mean, <laughs> not here, but somewhere in Florida. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was like a, a big journey and I'm really proud of the book. It was really, it took, a, it took like three years to make, which mm-hmm. shout out to people who make a cookbook. I had no idea. Again, it's good to go in with ignorance. <laughs> so you don't know. That's my suggestion, <laughs> I guess. My terrible so you don't advice. run away at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> run for the hills. I guess when it's a when it's a good decision for your life, it's kind of good to go in with a little bit of sure uh, Na- naivete. Yeah, that's a better word. So that you right. <laughs> It's my mean, profound advice for this podcast. <laughs> don't look too much into it. Don't put too much into it by summer. <laughs> yeah. So how did that lead you into working with some national brands? Yeah. So actually I kind of did that parallel. Um, so when I got out of herb school, um, and how did you learn so much about social media? Oh, I think that was just like a product of, my, my age, you know, mm-hmm. like growing up on MySpace, and mm-hmm. I mean, you just learn how to all the bells and whistles and I algorithms. Mean, I think I have a curiosity that I never knew that I would have. I think if I care about a brand and I'm just a curious person, I like to know how things work mm-hmm. um, and why, and you know, so uh, yeah, I think I just have a propensity towards that side of marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as social media, I think uh, it's just like, yeah, it's a little bit intuitive because of growing up with so much of it. Yeah. So somewhat, but some people also don't have a clue. Like, I think that there's some intuition that, you know, cause you've done pretty successful, you've been pretty successful, but I mean, not everyone, even in your age range has like a propensity to make social media successful. It can be tricky. So yeah, this episode of cocktails and conversation is brought to you by the dinner party project. The dinner party project is all about connecting humans around the dinner table. Right now we are mostly based in Orlando, Florida, whether it's joining seven strangers in an intimate setting around a dinner table or sitting in the street of Orange Avenue with 100 others watching flamethrowers, we love helping people feel connected to others and their city. We also offer private parties. So if you have a birthday, anniversary, team building dinner, or corporate event coming up, we can create a custom memorable event that you and your guests won't soon forget. We also help brands connect with their consumers by exposing their product in an elevated way to their target demographic. So if you live in the Orlando area and haven't joined us yet, what are you waiting for? We can't wait to hear your story around the dinner table. For more information, you can visit us at thedinnerpartyproject.co. I think with Instagram, at least, I think things are changing now, which I love. I really love how raw TikTok is where you just put something online and like, you know, if you have a great idea or something funny to say, it picks up. But I think in the era of Instagram, 
I've always really liked beautiful things. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like whether that be a leaf or a sunset or like three birds flying in the sky or like, you know, I don't know, just a hummingbird, like, or a beautiful dress or a beautiful plate of food. Like, Mm -hmm. so I think that that was always something. Yeah. When I was in high school, I was really into photography. I would like, um, I dabbled in like processing my own film. And, Mm -hmm. and so I did have a pretty general understanding of a camera and aperture and, shutter and ISO and all that stuff. And I think I like was an early adopter to Instagram because the filters mimicked a lot of those things, those like things that you like about film. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I remember being like, Oh my God, it looks like film. (laughs) And now looking back on those photos, they're so grainy and awful. (laughs) I thought it was so novel at that time. Sure. Um, so I think, um, I think I've just always really liked photography and I think that I was lucky in that way because that platform celebrates that Mm -hmm. or at least for a time that platform celebrated Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to use that with the brands that you worked with. Yeah. It's been really fun. I think I had no idea. Like I kind of went in blind. I got hired. Well, yeah. To answer your question, I graduated herb school and I started working for not too long after traditional medicinals which is like a big tea company mm-hmm. and they do herbal teas. And um, yeah, they were kind of like, yeah, do you understand social media? <laughs> it's like, yes, I do. Um, and they saw that I had had the blog and you know, that it had been, you know, had a following and a community and they're like, do you think we, you could do this for us, you know, make a blog and an Instagram and all these things. And I was like, yeah, I would love to. And that's kind of how it started off. So I really, did not have a traditional marketing background at all. Right. So I very much learned on the job and I was very lucky to have mentors that encouraged me to like dive into the analytics and reporting and the, you know, early on, early on. I think I was really blessed in that way to have right. those mentors within the company because it really rounded me out. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that's hard when you have a really big knack for creativity, um, but don't understand why certain things are working and other things aren't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's where I am right now. Yeah. Yeah. I always tell people when I'm working out with them, I'm like, I know it's painful, but just try to look at the analytics like once every two weeks or at least at the end of the month, like what posted well, which one didn't do well. And then I try to encourage people. I'm like, it's a conversation, you know, Mm -hmm. like I think when you look at it, like numbers, like it becomes very disassociated from reality. But I think if you can look at it like a conversation, like, Oh, like my people like didn't think this was that great. You know, like what am I, what, what what can I do to better serve? You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It becomes a different point of view, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. The algorithms are also wild, so I don't know. I can't even keep up, so. Fair enough. But go on the God. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) So as we grow into adults and life happens, life sometimes happens, you know, to us. And sometimes we make life happen and and we, we grow and we learn and we experience. But has there ever been a time where you felt like you've, um, worked towards something, worked for something, and then you felt like very proud of something that you've put a lot of um, blood, sweat, and tears into? 
Yeah, I think most recently the conference. So when I, um, so I'm trying to think of when it was probably like almost a year ago when I left Cosmic Kitchen, um, I had just realized that I kind of wanted to go on a different path. Like we had put all that energy into the book, which is something also like I'm incredibly proud of, Mm -hmm. like very, very proud of. Um, And then more recently, yeah, we did this conference called the Emblossom Herbal Business Conference. So I went from, you know, having this business around educating about herbs to like, basically, as I've shared, like my main gig kind of underneath it all has been working for herbal brands and Mm -hmm. natural products industry brands doing marketing. And I think at first I just was like, oh, this is just a thing I do. And then my, you know, my real things teaching about herbalism. And then as the industry got bigger, I just like, cause the wellness industry and herbalism is just growing so much and for better or worse. I think it's great that more people are understanding it and get access. And then I think like, there's also a lot of issues in the wellness industry that mimic a lot of issues that we have in the world plainly, you know, like just equity, justice, work, access, all of that, you know, Mm -hmm. sustainability, all of it. And so I think working for a company that really cared for so long, that is at a big, big scale, like international at this point, I just really was like, oh my gosh, like I know people that kind of touch on all these places on an expert level. And so, um, my friends and peers, um, Jacqueline and Zoe and I got together during the pandemic. We were like, you know, we had time (laughs) and we're like, let's create a conference for herbal business, you know, that want to grow in a purposeful and intentional way. Mm -hmm. So we had just like the most, I learned a ton there's, you know, and we're definitely going to change it up next year, but I was just really proud of the community that came to that event. Um, and the lineup that we had, we had everything from sustainable sourcing workshops, um, to marketing workshops, to, you know, human design, design thinking for your products, making sure you're designing for people in a, um, compassionate way. Um, we had a workshop on like reparations as an mm-hmm. herbal product brand. Huh. We had um, just like such an incredible lineup, a powerhouse of teachers. And the people that came were incredible. Like I remember like um, just being so enamored by the business owners and like what they were doing, you know, mm-hmm. sliding scale prices on their products, like you know, yeah, just crazy. Like we had like breakout groups on like, um, anti-capitalism and a lot of people are like weaving in anti-racism into their businesses. And it just really like, I was like, ah, I found my people. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like kind of meshes together all the things that I'm passionate about. And I think in such a way that you'd never expect, which is like through business. (laughs) Um, but it was just, I think I'm still like kind of digesting the whole experience because it was so moving. And I was like, I was just so proud of the work that everybody did to put that Mm -hmm. together. The speakers, the community that came, Mm -hmm. our work. Um, Yeah. So long story short, that was amazing. Yes. Yeah. I'd love to hear it. Yeah. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And to be clear, was it online? It was online. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So surprisingly, not that many mishaps online. 
I was impressed. Yeah. yeah. Like it wasn't too, the tech stuff wasn't too wild. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. But holding a container for 200 people, I definitely, again, I underestimated that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so next year, definitely going to hire more people to help out. But you just, the first time you do something, you never know how you many people. Won't, yeah. You don't know until show you're up. in it. Yeah. And then you don't know what the issues are. Yeah. But everybody needs something. In the moment. And yeah. Uh-huh. Needs different kinds of support or wants to see more of this, less of that. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, I, mad respect for people that do big events mm-hmm. like you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> has there ever been a time or a season um, that has been um, really frustrating or devastating or, um, yeah, just like a tough time to manage? And then kind of how did you work work through that? Yeah, I think kind of the latter half of um, that time when I was writing the cookbook, I had to pretty much write full time and work a job pretty full time. Like, even though it was part time, you know, it's mm-hmm. like just managing those things was really hard. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, like a lot of family stuff was going on too. And still is like my dad who was like probably my, you know, high school years, and through college was like, you know, like a best friend to me. He, he had a, he had a stroke, which mm-hmm. really changed his, his physical and mental abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, my, you know, sister got cancer. Um, um, yeah. And I, she's been going through that and then just different family stuff. And then my mom becoming a caretaker for, you know, the family, um, or my dad more specifically. Um, and just a lot of people. So my mom had me at 43 and my dad had me probably around, he's around 50. Mm-hmm. Um, so like coming to terms with everybody in my family is aging and a lot of people are sick. Yeah. So it's a lot to be going through, um, for young, them, younger age for me. Right. Yeah. And, uh, it was, and then I was writing the cookbook too. Um, and I'm so far from home. Um, yeah, I think it was just, I think I always have just been trying not, not now, but for a lot of my life, I've been pushing myself. And I think I finally, during the cookbook process, realized I couldn't push anymore because I literally Mm -hmm. couldn't function. Mm -hmm. Um, that was when I went freelance at corporate too. Um, cause I was working, for different natural products industries, but either, you know, as an employee generally, but that was like the beginning of my freelance too. There was a lot of stuff there that was like hard for me to grapple with. Um, just, you know, sometimes working within corporate structures can be really challenging. Um, and so, yeah, about halfway through the book, I like made a lot of change it changes, but then, I, I still was just burned out for years. Like Mm -hmm. I was on E, like Mm -hmm. it was really hard for me to function. Yeah. I went into a very deep depression. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it was really hard. That's about the time that I, yeah, I went through a breakup. Yeah. Yeah. It was huge. Wild time. A lot of kind of major things at 
at around yeah. the same time. And that wasn't all in that time, but it was kind of all around that time right. buffering. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a hard time. So, um, so I started, I started going to therapy and that really, really helped, um, get me out of that and give me some tools to function, um, which was really great. And, um, another thing that really helped was, which I'm really passionate about was, um, the use of psychotropics under guided, uh, facilitation, mm-hmm. or I think that's the right word, but yeah. So that helped. Yeah. I mean, I think I would never suggest, you know, not going to therapy first or not doing it on your own. But I think under the guy, like, I really love that people like are, um, trying to at least decriminalize or, you know, make it more accessible for like mushroom or MDMA therapy. Like, I think Mm -hmm. a lot of that is so important. Like any, I don't think that tool is for everybody, but I think who those tools are for, it's great to have that option, you know, like just as you would have like a pharmaceutical or therapy or meditation, like just knowing that that's an option, Mm -hmm. like is so incredible. And for me, it was really helpful. Like I was in a really, really hard place. And I feel like that, um, it wasn't the only thing, but between that and therapy, it was, it was really helpful. Helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. A lot of habit changes too. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Boundaries. That's my big (laughs) takeaway on, on therapy. It's it's a winner on so many levels. Yeah. Having boundaries and holding to them. Yeah. In health Mm -hmm. and wealth. Um, so as we're talking about kind of like what works for different people and how we're made differently and all the things we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, which is the Enneagram. Yeah. Yes. Which we have gotten to chat about uh, over the last couple of days and kind of introducing you to the wide world of the Enneagram. There's so much more to delve into. Yeah. But the Enneagram is kind of like this, I like in there's that the book, it kind of like kind of talks about like the nine pathways to God. And I just think that's just such a beautiful description of it. Yeah. And in the ways that it can enlighten us into the characteristics of the creator. Yeah. And we're created so differently. Like we can be, you know, obviously no two people are the same, but the framework is, I think, helpful to give us more language on how we are created. And yeah. then we can work into our own idiosyncrasies and our own strengths and wounds and yeah, all the things. I know. I love a good roadmap. I know. Love a good archetype moment. I love a good archetype. So as you dug into it and we kind of landed on... Your number. Yeah, I'm fresh on the scene. Fresh on the scene. Could be a different number, but it feels right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a nine. A nine. For anyone who's interested. Uh-huh. The peacemaker. <laughs> the peacemaker. Wing one, probably. Yeah. Which is the reformer. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I guess when those are together, it's the dreamer? Don't they, it like, sounds, have things? That, they do. Okay. 
I was watching some things last night. You were. Yeah, I went in. <laughs> yes. Needed to know. Yes, need to know. I mean, you really can dig in pretty, and it just keeps on going. It's like, it is a rabbit hole. There is so many layers and... Um, and it's dynamic and complex, just like humans. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, even kind of within, within that, within the Enneagram and just within life and like, how have you kind of felt like self-awareness has been like an important tool in your life? How do I feel Mm self-awareness through the nine or like either? I mean, through obviously you're just starting kind of learning about yeah. the Enneagram, but just like in life in general through like therapy and like through just self-awareness, like how you're bringing yourself yeah. to other people. Totally. To the world around you. Oh, I mean, it's incredibly important. I mean, I think um, most of us aren't giving those tools at the an early age to deal with conflict, mm-hmm. to deal with shame, to deal with guilt, to deal with pretty common emotions. Um. Yeah, I feel like we're all just like dumped into reality and it's like, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) See on the other side. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think a a lot of the tools that I've used are, I think meditation or even just reflection, I guess would be a better word for that. Um, I think spending a lot of time alone or in nature has been really helpful think therapy has been one of the more helpful mm-hmm. things community is huge people that will be honest with you i cherish that right a good a friend that will tell you what you what's up oh god i love you thank you for your service honest, open feedback yeah in a timely manner <sighs> and also in business oh yeah it, like yeah it's like gold i love that and it's it is a learned it's sometimes a learned thing yeah and compassionate if you can do it in a compassionate way uh-huh. you're just like you're just, <laughs> you are sailing you are sailing because yeah. i feel like well i know we've kind of talked about running businesses but um you know, like so much of like working with people is like also le- working with like how they are built and how they communicate and like just trying to understand yourself and then trying to understand other people. Yeah. And, um, I feel like with the Enneagram, it kind of gives an insight to both of those and like understanding yourself better mm-hmm. and how maybe uncovering some of your blind spots. Cause you don't know how you're affecting sometimes in the ways it, aren't aware to you, but the more you can know about them. And then once you like know better, we can do better. Right. Totally. And so also understanding with other people, like there's some people where I'm like, I, I just don't understand. (laughs) I don't understand you. Totally. I don't understand how your mind works. I don't understand how you don't like think along the same lines that I do. And like seeing kind of like a peek behind the scenes, maybe in their thinking in their world and like understanding like they may interpret things incredibly different than I would Yeah, has helped me to be able to have like maybe more compassion. Totally. You know, it's not like a good, bad thing. It's just like a, a, like a little predisposition. We're all differently. Yeah. We work differently and you know, some people are very detail oriented and, and so my, the minutia and then some people are like, we need the big picture dreamers to yeah. cast a vision and to like 
lead totally us. like even like leadership like like I, even leadership like i i don't love managing people mm-hmm. it is like not my forte yeah like i know what i need to do and to show up and like do my job yeah but just i feel like as i've grown up and i've learned how powerful like really compassionate leadership is like so powerful and leadership really is like a full-time job i think i see that gonna go a a, a rot like a not well a lot of times if a company is too small or the structure just hasn't been thoughtful enough you Mm -hmm. know where people are doing too much tactical and leadership it's like leadership is like a whole thing if you have to manage a bunch of people Uh uh-huh yeah and having yeah underrated people that it's it is and it's so needed because like you want your people to thrive totally but if you're not understanding them and everybody's got a different formula Uh uh-huh that's the hard thing too the way that you might approach some motivate one person is going to be completely different from how you motivate another Mm -hmm. yep yeah so keeping keeping in check i think in line with with um, how you are showing up in the world and your own self-awareness, I feel like has been, is something that's needed, you know, in the workplace and relationships and friendships and family relationships. Totally. Not that I do it perfectly by any means, but, um, I love that people are digging in and finding the Enneagram and hopefully it's a helpful tool, Yeah, you know, to help people. I already love it. Grow and learn and and be, you know, a better version of ourselves. Won't be perfect, but, um, you know, as much as we can hold it loosely and hold it and just try to gain the wisdom that, to be a better friend. Partner. Yeah. I mean, I'll take any help I can get. Right. Really. <laughs> same (laughs) um so the final uh topic is my all-time favorite which is rest yeah and being a nine nines also really to love love to rest usually love to rest as well yeah well i think we talked about somehow the three gets uh-huh. wrapped up into me a little bit. Yeah, the three is like you are um, the achiever. In health. Yeah, yeah, in health, you're moving towards a three, which is yeah. the achiever and making sure the job is done. I think if you can lean too hard into your three, I think that's what I've done most of my life. Mm. Um, but now I'm feeling more nine for sure. I remember I read an article a few months ago, we probably all saw it about there's like some country in Europe that has, uh, has a four day work week now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think this has them. been a thing, but it's uh-huh. becoming more like solidified. And I was like, I want to do that. And I was just thinking, I'm my own boss. Like, what a, I can do that. Right. I can try to make that happen. Like, I just have to figure it out. Like, just figure out, you know, maybe, you know, what kind of work I'm taking on. What are my prices? Like, mm-hmm. how am I scheduling my days or whatever? So, that's been awesome. I've been taking... I'm not quite at a four-day work week, but I am proud to say that a lot of Fridays I'm done around lunch. Nice. Which has been a big success. Sure. Half me. day, half Friday. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. I'm pretty thrilled about that. I'm hoping I'll keep it up. Sure. It's the goal. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I think rest is definitely something that I struggle with. I love it. I feel like I do really well. Like if I need to take a couple weeks off, like I'll make that happen. But on the regular, I think I just, I wait for a lot of it till the weekend. So I'm trying to rewrite that story a little bit more. And I think the pandemic was a really hard time. Like Mm -hmm. last year, like this year, business is good. Last year, business was not good. So I had to take on a lot of work that, you know, maybe didn't pay as well as normal or Mm -hmm. work harder on things to try to get clients or, Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like I'm very much still recovering from that a little bit. Um, but my favorite ways to rest when I do is a herbal salt bath. Oh yeah. That is high up on my list. Yep. Um, maybe listen to like a meditation in there. Um, or listen to a podcast, a little on on being, a little on Krista being. Tippett. <laughs> Love Shout <her>. out, yes. <laughs> uh, audio book. Love her. Obsessed with audio books. You know this. Yes. And regular books. Great. I do it all. Yep. Um, yeah, I love that. I also really love walking. Mm-hmm. When she went on one of my epic walks. Epic walks. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. I, you are like steps away from the golden... Gate, Gate Park. Park. Yeah. And the beach. And yeah. The beach. So since moving here, I've been really just trying to make Take an advantage. Effort. Yeah. So I go on the really long walks and I like to do that alone a lot of times. Um, treat myself to a wine or dinner or something mm-hmm. along the way. Um, I'm trying, I mean, I love cooking. Mm. I love, love, love cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely something that I love to do for self-care. Um, but honestly, just back-to-back time off is amazing. No plans. Mm-hmm. If I can get a no plans day in, wow. I love no plans. Right. That is Your amazing dream. to me. Yeah. Well, I love hanging out, but throwing a no plans day in, like maybe once a week or every two weeks or something mm-hmm. or an afternoon. Oh, sure. It's amazing. You have the freedom. So if you did have one day, 24 hours, it could be here. It could be anywhere in the world. Like money is of no object. Your dream day of rest, like summer's day could be with people, without people, 24 hours. What would your dream day of like, you could do whatever. Oh my gosh. Water would definitely be involved. I would be. In a very warm climate. Okay. It'll be very warm. Um, like Bahamas warm? Like Caribbean? Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it just needs to be Gulf temperatures. That is like what I grew up with. Love okay. it. Little bath, water, ocean moment. Yes. Yes. I just want to float in my little floaty. This California water is. Oof, not for me. Not for swimming. Yeah. Not for me. <laughs> I mean, I go because that's how much I love water, right. but it's uh, definitely got to do a pep talk. When you go in Florida and you can just like go splash immediately. Yeah. And be out there for float forever. for hours. Float yeah. For hours. It like rains. I'm like, I'm staying in. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So water's part of the deal. Water's involved. I mean, 
I honestly just feel like as long as there's sun there, like I don't, I could just plop. Like I could just do that all day. Just be on the beach. Just loungy. Be in the water. Okay. I probably would listen to some music or an audio book um, or read a book or some sort of literature Mm -hmm. involved Involved. in this. Yeah. Um, There's no phone. Amen. No phone. No phone. No phone. You can't reach me. Sorry. Can you reach me? No. no. You can't. I'm on my day of dream, my <laughs> dream day of rest. Yes. No. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite TikTok right now. There's this like skit on TikTok where the audio is like, can you reach me? No, you can't. <laughs> so that's my reference. And yeah, that's that would be my day. You just okay. absolutely cannot reach me mm-hmm. in the water, in the sun. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's some refreshing drink or cocktail. Mm. Yeah. Good music, maybe. Okay. At night. At night. A little dancing. Tie me up. A little dancing and drink. Right. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe some nice food. I might even want to make some food. I'm so relaxed. Right. You know, before the dancing. Yeah. Pick up some ingredients. That sounds like... All the things yeah. that I want to be doing. <laughs> totally. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Um, I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Um, do you have any MO or mantras or any words of wisdom that you would share with us that you live, try to live your life by? Ooh, it's a good question. I feel like one that's like been really coming up. Like I've, I've seen some people, spiritual folks that I follow, like mention this too. It's just like, be kind. Like to yourself, Mm -hmm. to others. I feel like it's such a wild time to be a human. Yeah. And I feel like coming to the surface and the chaos is like, we have different views. We have different um, things that we think will work or won't work or we should do or shouldn't do. And, you know, between all of the things going on and I have a lot of strong opinions too, but I think just approaching it with kindness and empathy and love is like something that's really hard sometimes. Like, I feel like it seems like surface level advice, you know, to be kind. (laughs) It's really hard actually Yeah. in practice. And so I think that's just something that I have been trying to reach towards. And I think it's like a really interesting word too, because it's open to interpretation interpretation. And I think a lot of people see kindness as probably like a nine, you know, the peacemaker, but I don't think that that's always kind. I think boundaries are kind. I think, um, hundred percent transparency is kind. I think, um, having hard conversations is kind. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, being honest. Because you're saying that you care. Yeah. Right? If you don't yeah. care, you don't have a hard conversation. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So I think that's mm-hmm. like a big thing. I think it's really easy, um, yeah, to dismiss people or um, to other people or um, be hard on yourself even, you know, mm-hmm. the sh- with the should and shouldn'ts. And I think it's just, Yeah. It's just like, am I being kind to myself? That's something I ask myself a lot. 
Cause I think I'm, I extend a lot of kindness to others, but actually my hardest piece of the kindness puzzle is it's towards myself. Towards yourself. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So, so that's good my reminder. advice. All of us. Yeah. Kindness. Absolutely. Just one word. Easy to remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you heard of kindness.org? No. No. Yeah. You'll have to check them out. What it's are they about? Great. They're about all things kind. Yeah. And they're about, they're like, um, very like research driven about kindness and so how it impacts like communities or in the education system and the workplace, just how kindness impacts the person Mm -hmm. receiving it, how it impacts the person giving it. And then if, if someone witnesses somebody being kind to somebody else, it's so contagious I love this idea that I've sure that I've heard online where somebody's like, you know, I think it was used in a different context, but it was like, I set my own temperature of my personality. Like, you know, a lot of us, which I think can be good too, is to match somebody's energy and where they're at. But I think a lot of times if, you know, somebody's not giving you what you want or, or expecting, you immediately like, oh, okay, well then I'm going to reserve my good energy yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like if you can kind of just set your own temperature in life and your personality, you know, and especially from a place of kindness, it is so contagious. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's like a big thing that I've been thinking about. And, you know, I think that's been a big thing. Like it's so cloudy here all the time. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> whenever foggy. I feel like it affects everybody's mood and it, I've been kind of trying to encourage myself to be, to break out of the fog and be like, Hey, how are you? And be, and it is, it just opens people up like immediately, you know, and it makes me feel better. It makes the other person feel better. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think more of that, you know, especially now it is a wild time to be a human and yeah. Could I'll use a little bit more kindness. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. You never know what somebody's going through. You really don't. Kind people are my kind of people. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's a bumper sticker yeah. that I want to buy. <laughs> so where could we find you online and your cookbook and all the things that you do? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So many things We're, that you do. I'm online. Um, you are online. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of... Yeah. So the Cosmic Kitchen cookbook is available wherever books are sold. Okay. (laughs) You're in every single bookstore in America? I guess that's what you're supposed to say because they they can be ordered. I mean, but they're... Okay. Because if you have a bookstore, you can request it. Okay. Yeah. It's it's with a major distributor. Um, I mean, you can get it. You could get it at your local bookstore. I mean, you can get it. I think you can get it still at Target and Amazon and all those places too. So, okay. Yeah. But I would prefer a local bookstore. Fair enough. Yeah. Sure. As we all um, would. But you do you, you know? Uh huh. If you're reading, that's all that matters really at the end of the day. Okay. I think. Um, can you order it online on your own oh, yeah. platform? Yeah. You can order it through the Cosmic Kitchen, I believe. So, okay. Yeah. Um, so, that's a good place to get it. And then, um, for me, uh, I also have in Blossom Herbal, okay, um, which is the herbal business platform. If you're making supplements or cosmetics or foods that are herbalism based, which is a pretty niche audience, but if anybody's <laughs> interested. And then, yeah, I mean, I have my personal account, but uh, mm-hmm. it's just my name, Summer Ashley. So Summer you can Ashley. Find if you just want to, you know, see lots of good food and 
people dancing. That's basically. So Summer Ashley on Instagram mm-hmm. in Blossom Herbal. Herbal. Yeah. And then the Cosmic Kitchen. The Cosmic Kitchen. Yeah. And that's Sarah now. But right. if you want to find the cookbook, mm-hmm. it is there. Right. Yeah. Good or place to buy. Or old recipes that you've Support had. Her. Yeah. From that you've posted. Totally. Totally. Lots of good stuff. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes. This was delicious. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Yes. I love chatting. And until the next time. Until the next time. Yeah. Thank you. Ciao. Thank you a million times over for listening to Cocktails and Conversation Podcast. I hope you have enjoyed all of it. If you have, would you do me a huge favor and rate, comment, and subscribe for more Cocktails and Conversation? 